Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Michael Flores for a very special bonus episode of The Crossroads. Now, we have talked a lot about Season 12 and the plot lines and what's going on, where we're moving throughout the season. We've been talking about this not only from Episode 1 of this season, but the halfway point, the mid-season premiere. And now we took a bit of a vote We wanted to see people's opinions, and we wanted to delve deeper into exactly what is going on with the main myth arc narratives throughout this season. Now, there's been a lot of moving pieces moving forward, so much so that it has kind of alienated and confused a lot of people. Yeah. I think, and I I don't want to say that necessarily because it's kind of negative, but the fact of the matter is it has. We've seen a lot of feedback of people, you know, it's been, I love this season, I love this episode, I hate this season, I hate this episode, I don't know what the this is right you know some of that has been from us admittedly some of that has been some of our opinions on some weaker episodes and some stronger ones you mean we're fans too we're jaded and biased and you know some of us drink too much as you can notice from twitter right if you check out like the crossroads twitter i'm a regular dean winchester drinking wine why not dude i immediately thought of you (laughs) i immediately thought that is mike during almost every episode Oh, he doesn't have a drinking problem, I swear. Oh, but, you know, and typically we try to focus more on the on being a fan show. And we do put some critical analysis within our shows, because that honestly is the reason why people sit through our dick and fart jokes. Yes, they're funny. (laughs) But a lot of times I receive emails and and tweets and, and Facebook messages that the thing that keeps them listening is they think we're funny. But the thing that keeps them listening is the critical analysis. And that's kind of what this show, this bonus show, is designed for. It's designed to take a, an analytical look at the season 12 story arcs. And I, this isn't going to be a bitch session. This is simply going to be... Explanations? Not even... I wouldn't even say explanations. I guess we're going to be taking data. A critique? A critique on the data so far? Like, this is your first draft. Exactly. Let's peer review this. Exactly. And and our data isn't <laughs> just based on whatever we made up. This data is based on a poll that we took. Uh, over several hundred people uh, did a poll on Facebook that we put out there, and we have numbers. And yes, it's only several hundred people compared to a larger fandom, but that's how polls are taken. You take a consensus of a percentage of a particular audience, and then it kind of gives you a gauge as to where the fan base is at. It's a litmus test. It's, yeah. It gives us an idea of how people are feeling. And, you know, I, I do like to think, Besides the dick and fart jokes, we do bring some culture and some insight and some narrative yeah, criticism. We're sure. more than just, you know, amazing looking people oh. with penises. Uh, what? <laughs> I have to fill in for Ryan. Yeah. He's not here right now. Yeah. Now, the poll essentially was, which of the moving pieces storylines are you the most interested in? Now, did we have five or there was four? I think there's four. Uh, four. So, because oh, I put top five, them, didn't I? You have, you have top five, but I thought uh, it was just the four. Nephilim was going to be one, but it kind of fuses in yeah. now. So, admittedly, guys, some of these are 
able to be grouped together. But these are the main plot points. One, the one coming in at number one that everybody seems to be the most interested in is the British Men of Letters. That has been arguably the biggest story going on this season, at least the most episode screen time. The primary driving force for a lot of the events this season has been the British Men of Letters, their interactions with Sam and Dean and the Hunters as a whole in America. Yes. Followed by Mary Winchester with number two. Ooh, Mama Winchester. Ooh. Which I would, I'm a little, I'm not exactly surprised. She does, it makes sense for her to be at number two due to the cliffhanger of season 11. Right. But usually, historically, the cliffhanger from the previous season is directly what relates to the biggest issue throughout the following season. Yeah. So Mary being second fiddle to the British Men of Letters, although they were introduced at the end last year, they weren't the major cliffhanger. Not to most fans, I'd say. Right. I mean, Sam did get shot by yeah, Lady like, Bevel, but I think... He just flexed I, and de- deflected it. <laughs> but I think what took the cake was, it has it had to be the ending when Mary Winchester popped up alive. I think that was the what the fuck moment that the That was the money shot at the end of the episode. Right. That's the typical supernatural writing room gimmick of, oh my God, I can't believe you guys left us with that for the season. Yeah, now exactly. we have to wait all summer. Yeah. Had they ended with Sam getting shot, I don't think it would have been as powerful as Mary's appearance. Right. So, but she is number coming in at number two. Number three was Lucifer and the Princes of Hell. And, and that I, was tied. This is tied with Mary's. Yeah. Which is something we're going to get into here in a bit, but that is a little surprising. But this also kind of counts the Nephilim, I would say. The, yeah. the Nephilim's honestly kind of split between this and number four, Castiel and Kelly. And their going-ons, Castiel's involvement with the Nephilim and heaven and hell, that whole shtick. Kelly being the son of, or, or the son, Jesus, whoa, what episode did I miss? The mother of the Nephilim, you know, surrogate to Lucifer. So that came in at a paltry number four with a, what, 5% of the vote? 5% of the five percent. So let's get into percentages now. Yeah, this is the Ron Paul of uh, Supernatural <laughs> Votes. <laughs> Keep showing up and people just don't like it. Yeah, 5%, man. And we had... Not even double digits. And I was very surprised and a little, like, depressed because <laughs> I'm a big Castiel fan and we have a lot of Castiel fans that listen to our show. So the fact that 5 yeah, that means even supernatural even like fans, even Castiel fans, I should say, are having some reservations about about Castiel's purpose this year and, that and where of, they're going with it. That kind of shows a glaring issue with what has been going on as a whole. Now, not to be too negative, but I mean, no. you don't you don't want one of your main elements to get a five percent vote. It's not it's not being negative. Like I said, we're taking a critical look at season twelve story arcs um, because you know, as, as you were saying, a couple of these can be grouped together, but for the most part, they have been working opposite sides of season twelve of the season twelve spine that Dab, you know, obviously is crafting and working on currently. Well, no longer currently, but worked on throughout the season that we have yet the to season. see the fruit that is right. born from that tree but the the jumping off point for this discussion is this poll because there's an obvious there's an obvious disconnect and issues with the story arcs again looking at it once before we move into number one british mental letters 48 percent mary winchester 24 percent lucifer 24 percent castiel five percent those yeah. numbers are so 
split. And yes, the fandom is known for being very split, but not in terms of arc and what is the most interesting thing. Because before this season, we've never had five or six, more than two or three arcs at one point. We did, we've had what Carver did, and we always go back to that because he's probably the closest example that we have that was a showrunner on Supernatural. But he had things where he would put pins in things and like, hey, this is a ni nice little idea that we may come to. He opens the door, leaves it open, puts a little door stopper there, and they may return to that at some point if people are interested. These aren't that. These aren't pens to return to. These are actual started story arcs that were meant to work together throughout the entire season 12 narrative. And when you're looking at these and to see how split they are percentage wise, we begin to start seeing an issue and why so many fans are beginning to um, question what's going on this year. In a lot of ways, it reminds me more of season six than it does season uh, eight through 11 with Carver running the ship. Season six had a lot of different ideas that were thrown out throughout the whole thing. I mean, if you guys are a member of the Patreon, you've seen those additional episodes where we've talked about the things they threw up in the air that some came crashing down, some worked. This reminds me in some ways of that. The difference, I would say, was season six seemed to start at one point, end at another. And while there was a clear disconnect at, at near the end, some things we didn't really realize had ended or had shifted over until we looked back at it in hindsight. Yeah. It seemed to blend better. I agree with that assessment. However, there is one big, big difference between season six and season 12. And the biggest difference is that there was a clear narrative yeah. spine for season six. Well, I was going to say, season six had a bunch of different things that swirled together into a different color than we expected. <laughs> right. This is four separate paint lines just going down the wall. And it's supposed to be a uniform pattern, and we're not seeing it yet. Yeah. And that, you know what? Again, we're episode moving into episode 20. Yeah. And we have three more episodes left. And that includes the two hour season premiere. So a lot of things can happen. But, and, and, and hopefully we're hoping that a lot of these narrative arcs do end up merging together to form one season 12 spine. But it seems like there, like there's a lot of distance, a lot of ground to cover between now and the season 12 finale admittedly there is i mean let, let, let's look at the number one choice right now right british mental letters the, the fact that they are the number one and they don't have 50 percent of the vote for an entire season's overarching theme smith arc plot structure is a bit shocking i mean mike you brought these up before we were talking that's like imagining if the horsemen were more popular than lucifer during season five or that fans were more interested in Bella's storyline than they were Lilith's in season three. These are... Or the Alpha Vamp over Eve. Right. Or the Campbells over Sam and Dean. There is a problem when you have 48% of the audience liking the main, which is arguably the main myth arc of the season. And the fact that you have a split. This th badly. Th th there's an issue with, with the entire... Um, What's the, the word structure. I'm looking for? Exactly. The, the, structure. the plot structure is off. The main myth arc, which let's say it's the British Mental Letters for the season, should have been the building that the other columns are trying to support, right? As if it was the rooftop to a house. The other columns, the support beams to the house are things like Mary's back and the Nephilim, or even the Nephilim should have been the main thing, and the British Mental Letters should have been a support structure for that. 
how are the British metal letters going to react to this Nephilim or Lucifer walking the earth? Did they even know? These were questions we were asking ourselves as season, the first half of the season came to an end and the, and the mid-season premiere came about, catch killing off government agents. We thought that this was essentially going to be holding up the Nephilim as a storyline, but it really feels like the Nephilim is a pillar outside in the yard. It's kind of its own thing, and we'll get to that eventually, but it, it doesn't seem like the house is any kind of structure to it yeah. at the moment. Well, because in the past, the lines weren't so blurry. No, you know, there was they a, weren't. There was a definitive path that the writers took us down, and you know whether or not we liked the current season isn't, wasn't really the point. It okay. was about knowing the clear path that the showrunner and the writing room was taking us down. And I think that ultimately is the problem with the British Men of Letters and why they are competing for favor over other little story arcs that shouldn't be shouldn't be there. Now, I think let's could... not let, just to be clear. I mean, I think everyone knows that you can have multiple narrative plots. I mean, that's a we've that's done a, it before. Right. And that's a go to for a lot of television. But you shouldn't be competing between the narrative plots with the main myth arc, which is is the British Men of Letters. It's been uh, working since season eight. They introduced the new epic lore of the British Men of the Men of Letters as a whole. I think for the past five, six years, people have, or I th- sorry, four to five years, people have been expecting for something to come about from this new lore that Carver had started. More than just an empty bunker. Right. And with the introduction of Lady Bevel at the season finale, I think it, we all felt Okay, it's finally rearing its head. We're going to learn about the contemporary men of letters and how they work. And then that kind of led or bled into the season premiere of season 12. And because of that, we can definitively say that is the myth arc of the season. That is the spine. You ended the show last, you ended the season last year with that, and you started your season with that. That then signals to us that that's kind of what the season's going to be geared around. So let's look at other examples. You've got the darkness, the end of season 10 leads into the entire plot of season 11, but season 11 still had the release of Lucifer from the cage, the reveal of Chuck as God. These were major issues, major plot points throughout the season, but they weren't taking away from the darkness being the overall threat. You know, the season eight, you did introduce the mental letters, a great example of bringing new lore into the show, something that was brand new for fans and, and huge yeah. on a case on this lore scale. You got the introduction of Abaddon as a character, but then didn't take away from the trials and closing the gates of hell, right. which led into the angels falling. Exactly. The little plot narratives never distracted from the main story. They supported the story. I would say even season six is probably both the best and worst example of what we're kind of talking about, because you have the overarching idea of Eve and purgatory. You know, you had Raphael and Castiel as a threat in the background. The Civil War was an issue to deal with and the weapons of heaven were an issue to deal with. But ultimately, that served purgatory and the hunt for purgatory and Eve as a plot device. Right. And we talked about this on our Patreon show. Yeah. The entire season can can be kind of molded down or whittled away, whittled down to one word. Souls. That's what the yeah. entire season was about. Souls, whether it was Crowley and Castiel or even Purgatory, 
it was about souls. Sam, what was it about? Souls. He had none. It, it, the whole thing. <laughs> Minus a so, soul. Despite the issues with season six, there was a definitive arc. There was a, a definitive theme. Uh, with again, with the men of letters competing with Lucifer and Mary Winchester and Castiel, and I guess you can even say the Nephilim, it creates a disconnect and almost kind of gives us a disjointed narrative. Honestly, I'm not even certain to this point as a critical observer and a fan. I'm still not sure whether it's the British men of letters who are the ones I should be that are driving the main plot this season. After episode 20, it kind of feels like that's the case. But the Nephilim was a big thing, too. And Lucifer still being free is a big thing, too. And I would have thought if you'd asked me earlier, which is going to be more relevant, I would have given you Lucifer. Yeah. Nephilim. Now I'm like, well, British men of letters, but also there's still the Nephilim. Come back to me later. Pass. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this kind of goes back to our, you know, writing rules for rebooting a series without rebooting. Yes. And I do believe that some of these island plots that are not necessarily connected. Is that a Mike Flores original? Yes. Island plots? Like, I I believe they're, you know. Write a book. (laughs) So stupid. I believe they're there so that, again, to grab us and keep our attention while they're trying to, you know, reboot the series with elements of nostalgia and familiar tones and themes. But I don't think they're there. They're not working in conjunction with the main narrative. Because you can do everything we talked about, about the re- the the writing rules of rebooting season 12, what Dab is possibly doing. I mean, that can all work, how he's doing it. But you also have to not distract from your main myth arc why you're trying to reboot the season. And this leads into, you know, narrative arc number two. Mary Winchester. Now, the way I think about it is you don't if you were writing a school paper or telling a story, you can't have each chapter be a completely different story that's not related. Something I had heard back in film school was you have to weave the narrative together with your characters and your plot points and the events that happen. It has to be a woven basket that can hold water, frankly. And in a lot of ways, Mary Winchester is not woven into the story. She shows up at the end of season 11, and that seems to be a big driving force for the first three episodes of season 12. However, as time has gone on, she has become less and less relevant to the main events. We thought partway through that the cosmic consequences of her being alive was going to be a relevant issue. We thought her working together with the British Men of Letters was going to be a huge driving force between putting a wedge between her and her boys. She'd have to make a choice. Now, ultimately, they've kind of gotten to that. But rather than see Mary be a big element of the story, she is underutilized in a massive way. You're 100% correct, because first off, we're dealing with Mary fucking Winchester. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, imagine if John came back. She's a big deal. She should have been utilized a lot more from the very beginning. And I know that they wanted to try to keep this a show about the brothers, about Sam and Dean, and having a third, you know, a third wheel in there might throw things off. But they've done that throughout the years already with Crowley and Bobby. Castiel and Bobby. And I think finding a better spot for Mary, I think, would have ultimately worked and and it wouldn't have distracted from all the other story arcs that are going, or I'm sorry, from the main myth arc with the Men of Letters. Yes, they have utilized her the second half of the season to kind of be that connection for the audience uh, with the Men of Letters and to bring Sam and Dean into the into the fold. 
But ultimately, I think it would have been better and it would have made way for some just amazing emotional stories um if she would if they would have kept her closer to sam and dean this season yeah like have her be the third person have her be the bobby i'm not saying to fall into that archetype but let her be that third character you know i I, having her leave i thought was smart at the beginning they don't want to blur the lines of sam and dean and this is their story but they've done it in the past and they're doing it this year they're already along for the ride so it, i think it would have helped and strengthened the narrative arc uh, for mary and made her more interesting not just 24% interesting if they were to tie her closer to sam and dean thereby connecting sam and dean closer to the main myth arc of the season i completely agree and something you said right there not only is she only 24% that's one in four people care the most about the cliffhanger from season 12. Thomas, tell me, how does 24% of the listeners n- care about Mary Winchester? How is that even possible? Like, if you were to say, say this two years ago, hey guys, Mary, I got some inside information. Mary Winchester is coming back. Holy shit. There would be no 24%. It would be 100% yeah. of the fan base would be completely enamored with the idea. The fact that she only is garnering 24% is a writing error. That's it a writing is. issue. Which- it just is. And the fact that she only shows up to be our surrogate view into what's going on with the British Men of Letters is another mistake. That's not woven into the story. That's not how she works together. And we're not seeing her relationship with Ketch or the trials and tribulations it puts on with her boys. It's just something we're told later now and then. And we see here every couple of episodes that she's involved with that still, or her and Ketch have banged in a dust, you know, in a dirty motel yeah. room, or something like that. It's stapled on after the fact, like a receipt oh. during your taxes with no tip, with no fucking tip. Ma- well, maybe a little well, tip, ke- maybe Ketch, a little tip, a little tip. Yeah, a, little a British tip. tip. A br- Hello. It's in pounds yeah, <laughs> or or uh, pence. Yeah. Um, I knew what you were going to try to say. Yeah. I knew you didn't know the word. <laughs> but you know, like ultimately. Mary Winchester, what they've done with her, the closing in on the final quarter of the season, I like what they've done with her. I like that they've shown her working side by side with the men of letters, but I just felt like it's a little... It's a little too little too late in some ways. Right. I feel like she should have been far more integral throughout the season. And if you notice this, they, like they've managed to piss a, a lot of the fans off, meaning a lot of people are mad at Mary. A lot of people are mad at Castiel. Because, because, right, a lot of people are mad with Castiel and Mary because the way they're treating, you know, Sam and Dean, the way they're being lied to, the way they're just, you know, going against what they suggest. And I think that's a, that's a very, very bad mistake to make. You don't want to write characters that should be beloved uh, and make people get annoyed with them. And that's why we have 24% people liking Mary Winchester and five liking Castiel. But that goes into our next point. Which leads us to kind of the almost vestigial element of this season, and that's Lucifer and the Prince's Hell. They also generated 24% out of the poll. Which is absolutely which insane is to me. fucking nuts. How does Lucifer and the Princes of Hell only... Are you fucking kidding me? 24%. What? <laughs> and look, at this is not us bashing the listeners at at all no no this This, is how the fuck is lucifer from season five the ultimate story element that you drove to only 20 that's a fucking f dude yeah that's not even d (laughs) 
<laughs> that is well, a failing grade. But that's my point. That's my, my point is it's not the listener's fault. It's showing no. the fact that we, first off, we have some pretty damn smart listeners. And if they're only finding 24% interest in Lucifer, again, that's not the fans. That's issues from the writing. And it's if not you the can't character. make Lucifer interesting and you can't make Mary interesting, there is a problem with the way it was set up. Well, here's a good example. The difference between Mary and Lucifer is that Mary was essentially, for all intents and purposes, a new character that they had to rewrite for season 12. We had some touches on how she would act or what was important to her or who she was as a person. But you could kind of make a lot of that up, as they have done with her being far more like Dean and, you know, her love for bacon and the music. And she's much mm-hmm. more of a hunter and just throws herself into it like he has done for years. Having sex in the backseat of the Impala. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But Lucifer is an established character that we've known for more than half the show now. And they can't generate enough interest with him that's yeah. not you writing the character poorly or that the fans don't like how that character interacts with sam and dean it's just the that execution. is a structural execution issue there yeah. well th- again the problem comes down to the same thing as mary winchester it's underutilization. and but, you with know a stipulation so, though yeah go ahead because that does not mean throw lucifer into every episode right and that's something that we talked about earlier this season. We didn't want him to be, or and a lot in actually season eleven. I don't think anybody really wants him around all the time because kind of, he loses his uh, his appeal. If you the if gravitas, if he's, yeah, the, the allure and mystique, but his presence can be in it. Exactly. You want to feel like in season five, he's not in many episodes, but there's this ominous sense of dread throughout the entire season that he is watching, that his plan is in motion, and no matter what, you're marching towards your fate. That does not feel like the case in season 12 so much. So you don't want to show us him all the time. This is something that we talked about a lot in season 11. He was, through Castiel, almost there too much, and it started to lose something the more we saw of it. Yeah. Uh, Again, ultimately, in order to strengthen his arc and the Princes of Hell, they should have been meshed more closely to the storyline of the British Men of Letters, which, again, arguably is the main myth arc of the season. I mean, the Nephilim, I thought, was a great touch. And the way the story's been unraveling since the midseason break, I think, is pretty good. But again, 24% interest signals a disconnect. And it could have been simply remedied by a more clear narrative path from the very beginning of the show. I'm not saying you got to spell everything out, but there should have been more of a clear idea of where the Lucifer storyline's going and how it's going to connect with the British Middle Letters. Because outside, again, episode 20, so far is all we're at. But so far, the only true connection was the British Men of Letters, Harry Potter egg, capturing his soul <laughs> or capturing the essence of Lucifer. That was pretty much it. So here's here's my idea to remedy some of this, how you could have had this, the Lucifer and the Princess of Hell be integral to the British Men of Letters and Mary tied in all at the same time. You ready for this? The I'm Princes ready. of Hell are alive in the u.s we know that or we presume three of them have been seen in the u.s the fourth one i don't even remember his name something with else with an a i think asshole <laughs> asshole no. has not been yet seen but let's say the british men of letters came to america to root out these threats because Boom. the princes of hell Fixed. are a huge threat Fixed. right there you have the reason for in their them being in america the only one that has ever been killed azazel was killed by a winchester which would give them reason to talk to the winchesters you see that and right there. mary made a deal with azazel and having her come back from that 
that would lead them to wanting to work with her and having all of it woven together in a much tighter way that ultimately leads to Lucifer and the Nephilim being a much greater threat that they are hunting, that they have to work together. But at the same time, the British Men of Letters realize how shitty American hunters are at their job, quote unquote. And that would have had the Nephilim be and the British Men of Letters being the overarching thing with every other element of this season so far, a structural pillar. Yeah. Right there. You're right, You're welcome. And I agree with you because <laughs> that is how you make separate story arcs work together. They have to work in tandem and they have to connect down the line. And not just because, oh, hey, all of a sudden we need the magic egg and this will connect the storylines. There's got to be a clear path for all stories to interconnect. You can't have, this isn't three epi- This isn't three TV shows in one. This no. is one TV show with one storyline, and you can have multiple stories working together. But you're right, man. I mean, they obviously knew about the Princes of Hell because they knew where the cult was at. Exactly. They sent her on that mission, meaning they knew he had it. It would have been a very easy fix. And, you know, it, it just kind of, when I, I scratch my head, when you can fix something that simple, Thomas. I know. In, in like two sentences, and it goes to show, I mean, it shows me as a fan, this is not me being a douche critic right now, this is me as a fan, it, it, it discourages me as a fan a bit, because if it's that easy, why not do a once-over or some on your, on with your a ponytail slash man bun over stupid. here? But like, <laughs> why not do a once-over? You have 12 writers in that room. I can't all think they thought this had no holes. That's why I'm wondering, like, why didn't they do a once over and say, all right, guys, there's some little issues here. How are we going to connect things? And I think it comes down again to Dab just, you know, there was a rumor being thrown about that he said at some convention that there was going to be no big bad this season and that he's going to have a bunch of one off episodes and I remember someone said that. I'm gonna see if I, I remember can tra- a lot of people talking about that. I'm gonna see if I can track down the the comment because I haven't been able to find it. But someone told me that's what was said. And if that's the case, then obviously that's the problem with the season, is he realized he couldn't do it halfway through. You can't. You have to I mean, even season one is probably the closest you ever had to that, where there's one off episodes, you know, most of the monsters of week. It didn't really matter if you'd seen previous weeks, but even that had the overarching plot from the pilot. Yeah. What killed mom and where is dad? Yeah. And you know what? This doesn't, this is just so the listeners out there know, you know, and Thomas, you know, this isn't, I'm not saying the episodes are are sucking. I mean, if you go back and listen to our show, we've rated all, we've graded all the episodes, what B's and A's for the most part. Mostly B's, I think. So the problem per episode as a standalone episode, and if this was 1980s Matlock and Columbo, where <laughs> there was no serialized story, then, then guess what? You get an A+. Plus. But this is modern day storytelling. Everything's serialized. Everything needs to connect. People and there's binge one, watch. And there's one big story. There's one myth, big myth arc. So as a, as a season whole, as a story, it's very disjointed. As standalone episodes... They've been, you know, fairly been good structurally for the most sound part. or at least enjoyable and, and fairly good. But overall, the, it feels like there's a lot of plot points that don't connect to a picture yeah. that makes any sense. And this takes us to uh, number four. We got to wrap the yeah. bonus show here. Well, number four. And this is one th- stipulation that we talked about during the midseason finale with Castiel and Kelly. Kelly wasn't even introduced. And the idea of the Nephilim wasn't even introduced until the midseason fin- finale. Now, admittedly, that's only eight episodes in, which we do think probably screwed with some of the timing a bit. Yeah. 
But the, to introduce a brand new character and concept that you hadn't introduced at any point for, you know, quote, half of the season seems like a bit of a structural faux pas. You, you didn't exactly have it well thought out. It sounds really condescending, but no, it, it, it feels, you're, you're it feels weird to throw that out halfway through. That's like if halfway through Lord of the Rings, there was also another villain who also wanted the ring totally unrelated to Sauron. And for it to only get 5% tells you that it did not really resonate well with a lot of people. Yeah. And this is Castiel. And you can go through my Twitter feed and see how many people tweeted to me uh, how they loathe Castiel this year. Love Castiel, but love Castiel, but Castiel is whack. Castiel's lame. And I'm just like, wow. And again, not bashing the people that tweeted me. I'm, again, showing you that there is a writing error. There's a problem. The fact that 5% people care about Castiel that, is, is mind-blowing. That's Claire numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Claire probably has 15%. <laughs> right? And she's a much smaller character. This is a beloved fan favorite for a long time who they couldn't get rid of because of how beloved he was. And now he's down to 5%? Right. And, you know, just in a conclusion, and then I'll have my final thoughts and you can have your final thoughts. But, you know, I think ultimately, I think what a lot of people have viewed as no story this season is actually too much without any connection to each other. Uh, And this kind of goes back to the reboot season theory that we had earlier on, where it feels like Dab has a plan. And he probably most certainly does, but he's using this season as a way to, again, to start several islands of narratives and once the water recedes, the connections will start to be made. And if that does happen, then okay. But these last three episodes are crucial to see if the waters do in fact recede and these narrative islands start to connect. Yeah. Because if they don't, we're sit here wondering, I'm like, okay, well, we ended the season and we're not quite sure where this story went. Okay, we see where we're going, but why didn't they mesh together all Cause right, throughout honestly, the beginning? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. And I think that's ultimately going to be the question. It was, was that a good idea? Did it work ultimately at the end? Because like you said, we have three more episodes. Yeah, and I'm going to be fair to Dab. And ultimately, you know what? I'm going to give him to the, the final minutes of the season 12 two-hour finale he does have time he has three more solid hours to conclude the story and he can do it a lot can happen in three hours so i'm very anxious to see what happens with all these narrative story arcs that he started plus we've had some very ominous tweets both from mark pellegrino and adam from the visual effects department telling us how big the finale is the last couple episodes how much money they spent and how upset we are going to be in some ways which does lead me to believe we're going to have some real character-driven moments well, coming Castiel up. Well, Castiel dies, we don't, we're only going to have about 5% of the fans get mad. Oh, oh God, that's oh, terrible. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, you know what? We need to wrap this, uh, but we are going to be back. We're going to be live again in about 20 minutes for the regular show. Right, so guys, don't go too far. Take a piss break like Ryan would, and we will be back in just a little bit. But thank you for ta- taking the time to listen to Supernatural The Crossroads bonus show about season 12. Get away. Just for one day, let me see you stripped. Let me see you stripped. You little maggot, you are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.